that was my that was my next point. You read my oh. mind. Like that's something that I would do because everybody hates going to the. It's it's the sad bus, right? <laughs> as, you, as you go back to the airport, <laughs> tragical you're, you're, you're express. Resort. The tragical express. Yes, um, one of many names. everyone, this is the DBC Pod with Phil Schoen and me, Jason Dodge, and this is the weekly review of November 28th, 2020. This is the show where we talk about what you guys are talking about on social media, message boards, and Twitter, around the world, and we kind of talk about it here. Um, and before we start, uh, this is going to be, I think, maybe a relatively short episode, I don't know, um, but that's just Except before, though, and then they... Mandalorian. And then they go long, so I guess we'll see. Of course. Well, I mean, I'm just leading into the fact that we recorded a Mandalorian episode two days ago that went over an hour because <laughs> it was one of the most amazing uh, Star Wars events of this decade, the short decade so far. So there's not much competing with. But uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about, about the Mandalorian here because that's what a lot of people in the Disney social media are talking about because we have one hour dedicated to it. So if you want to check that out, uh, go into the feed and look for the, the latest bonus episode there. Uh, but with that being said, we've got some some small notes to go over or news to go over. So if I want you start us off in the news of the week. Yeah. So a couple a couple of news items that I think are of interest to to people. One is that Disney did provide some updates on a number of the Epcot projects. Basically, they put out a new page that has sort of an overview of all the work that's being done. Uh, on Epcot and, and rehashing about the different neighborhoods and stuff like that. Um, I think some of the, the key takeaways from it are things that weren't <laughs> on the map. So there was no it mention is. on there of the play pavilion. So I don't know if that's just on hold or just didn't, they didn't feel the need to message about it because it's not going to be so great or I don't, I don't know, but it was interesting that, you know, one whole thing that's supposed you know, you've seen people work on the roof and stuff like that. Uh, so for that to be completely ignored, uh, obviously caught the eye of a lot of people. I never even really knew know what the play. I mean, like I know what they've said the play pavilion is going to be, yeah. but yeah. I still don't get what the play pavilion was going to be. Um, it seems yeah. to me it's like a dump building. For, yeah, it seemed like uh, it was something where they said, "Well, we have this space, and we're kind of taking over some of the other spaces where we had character meets, so maybe we can move them there, and then have some other things for kids and." interactive things and a little bit of a hodgepodge, like I said, a little bit more maybe aimed at, at kids because sometimes Epcot does get the rap of not being a, having as much for, for kids, especially younger ones. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it, some of the things sounded kind of neat, but, but it didn't seem like anything amazing. So maybe, I mean, maybe they're, they've decided to scrap it and they're going to do something, you know, not do anything in the, the near term, but they do something better long-term. It's just going to be like half the buildings in Tomorrowland. They're just going to be empty yeah. for the time being until you oh, figure yeah. out something yeah, for them. Exactly. And the other big Tomorrowland item that wasn't on, well, wasn't in the pictures was the, the three-story festival center that was going to be sort of in the middle part of, of Future World before you got to, to World Showcase. And it they're now referring to that area as a festival area. Um, so... You know, I think it'll still have little areas, places to, to sit and get a beverage and obviously have a lot of booths during the, the actual festivals. Um, but my understanding was that three-story 
Festival Center was really aimed at corporate events so that corporations would rent out that top level for, for gatherings and to watch the fireworks and stuff from. And with everything related to COVID, they're not, you know, the expectation is corporate aren't going to be traveling much. They're certainly not, you know, going to necessarily have the money to put into flying everyone to Orlando and things like that. So just the expectation is that money coming in from corporate events is going to be way down in general. So why build something that was sort of designed for that? So uh, my understanding is that one of the executives who was pushing for it is still there. Um, so it might be one of those things that's more down the road, something does get built, but it's definitely not going to be in the, the timeline that they originally thought for. I was never excited about this edition. I mean, <laughs> it looked cool. Like, I mean, it right. was a nice visual, right? And it looked kind of neat how they were revitalizing that area of, of Epcot. I mean, there's that, that place, that, that part where it was, was wide open. That huge yeah. boulevard mm-hmm. leading to the World Showcase, perfect place for something. Um, but it does kind of mess with your sight lines a little bit. Yep. And two, I would have never have gone in there anyway. So I'm personally not a corporate person where yeah. I'm going to be part of some kind of corporate like inv- invite to Epcot. Whatever the right. So I would never have seen it anyway. So um, maybe in the future. So we'll see. That. But I yeah. think pretty much everything else was there. They did talk about the Moana water feature. Uh, they did talk about... Um, the, the Walt statue is still going to be there and there's still, you know, that's going to be, I think a key piece to that area yeah. and, and kind of the relaxation area of that. So, so I think, you know, a lot of what they talked about was still going to be there. Just some of the things are scaled down. They did also not mention about the spaceship earth refurb. Um, but I think a lot of people, the expectation that's certainly on hold for a while. But do, does it really, I mean, it needs fixing. Yeah. But it doesn't really need like, you know, a retool or, or, or redo, right. I don't think. I mean, get rid of the touchscreen stuff, clean up some of the, I mean, but I mean, I, I saw a candle somewhere where it was like the smell of like Rome burning. I'm like, I, I want that. Yeah. So keep, I, I like keeping some of the original stuff in there. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I do think it needs a little, for lack of a better term, TLC. Yes. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe they can take it down for a few months to do that versus, you know, I think before they were talking like a two to three year downtime to redo everything. So I think, I think something of that scale is quite a ways off if it ever happens. But that was never going to happen any time in the next couple of years anyway. I think originally I I... it was thought, talked about, but I think then it kept getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. And now it's like really way pushed off. Well, they weren't going to do anything for the 50th because they needed that right. open for the 50th. So that's two years on hold because the 50th right. is going to be a year and a half starting next October. And then you're hitting, you're hit butting up right against Epcot's anniversary. Right, the 40th. It's next year. And the year after. Yep. So I don't, I don't know. Anyway, those make big. I don't think they're, I think people are still going to go on it. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's too much you can do with that to make it. I mean, there's always things you can do to make better new technology and stuff like that. But I don't think it's going to be demanding. Like, you're not going to see that have lines all over the place, like rise, right. Where it's a right. huge draw to that park. It's just, no, it's but it's icon. always, a, I think icon. it's always, like you said, it's the, it's the icon. So it's always a draw anyway. And it's yes. a great compliment. You know, it, it, it's not an e-ticket anymore, but it's a good C ticket or whatever that kind of balances out when you got, you know, oh, 100%. and you got guardians coming and, and stuff like that. But, so. but if he dumped e-ticket money into it, you're still not going to increase the draw to that attraction. I agree. Yeah. Over time, not, I mean, obviously, yeah. initially. No, I agree. It's not like it's, uh, you know, with Universe of Energy, where, you know, very few people went there, you're obviously going to get way more draw by changing that out. You're not going to 
tri- triple the draw to Spaceship Earth if you redid it. Yeah. Okay. So the next news item is a bit a bit sad. It came out, I think, actually the day we might have published our, our last our last um, episode. But mm-hmm. uh, Imagineer Joe Rohde announced that he's going to be retiring from the Walt Disney Company. Um, he certainly uh, gave a lot to the company during yes. uh, <laughs> his 40 years that he was there. He said, you know, he got there when he was 25. He's 65 now. Um, so I think it's it's... I know people are really bummed and kind of almost like, I don't know, if thinking maybe Disney started pushing him out because of money or something. I, I don't know. I just feel like. No. I, for to, to almost like demand that he stay. It, it almost comes off a little selfish at times. So I'm like, you know what? I've, we've gotten so much from him. If this is what he wants to do. Um, and he wants to do other stuff. He wants to keep traveling. He wants to do other things. Good for him. He I mean, still, he's 65 years old. Yeah. Hopefully he can and still be a enjoy- consultant at times. Oh, you know he's going to totally be a consultant. You yeah. once you once you spend that much that much time with Disney, and you're not ending on a sour note like a disaster, or you're getting fired or something else like that. Right. He's going out on a high note. Um, he's well loved. They're going to call him for consulting for sure. And honestly, what was he wasn't working on anything that was majorly impactful with the parks. He was doing cruise line stuff, right? The 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 island yeah. The next thing was going to be the island. The new island was going to be all him. Which obviously for for cruise line people, they were disappointed about that since now he won't be working on that. But I think that that whole project might but, get pushed back a bit anyway. Because who knows? But still, the cruise line the cruise line stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, the cruise line stuff is the ship, right? The ship itself mm-hmm. is the vast majority of your experience. I mean, the, the islands are great, but the ship is what makes the makes the whole thing. Uh, I mean, his crowning, would you say, he, I mean, I, I would think that his crowning achievement is Animal Kingdom and the, yeah. the craftsmanship and the pride and all that. So it, it sounds, it, it sounds, this is going to sound terrible, and I don't mean it the way <laughs> it's going to sound, but like he, he peaked at Animal Kingdom. That was like, that was his triumph, right? So, with him leaving, obviously it's sad to see a, a man with passion, brilliance, and, and you know, in, in vision like he does leave the company because the company's poorer for it. Um, but it wasn't like he's quitting like a year before Animal Kingdom opened, right? And the whole project went to disarray. And right. it wasn't like he was working on like the fifth gate of Walt Disney World and that type of thing. Right. So um, he will be missed, but he he deserves his retirement. Yeah, you know, enjoy. I think that's part of why he said like now seemed the right time because. If he was to take on a new project, like let's you know, let's say they had a fifth gate or something, another decade, you know, it's, it's another decade he would have to to stick around. So he's kind of like, I, I I can't commit to that now, and I'm not going to commit. If I can't commit, why bother staying? So, yeah, well, yeah, I, I I mean, like the dude loves traveling and, and exploring, and go do that. He's he's earned yeah. it. Uh, speaking of his travels, um, he's I, I guess working with his son. And that they've put up some of his items that he's had. He's calling it the road, uh, the, the Joe Road Garage Sale. Um, so it's up uh, through his Instagram account, but I, I think it's through eBay. Is there some items from his collection that you can bid on and actually get some of his pieces? And there was only a handful of things up there. Now it's supposedly going to keep adding more things, but it's you know like tribal masks from when he was in Africa and things like that. So. And, and as of now, they weren't crazy expensive. I'm sure they'll go up, you know, as the the, the ending bidding time gets closer. But but if you uh you know have a little extra money on the side and you want something, you know, you can get something from Joe Rody's private collection. That, that's kind of a neat thing. You could tell that this is not something that Disney is doing to him. It's totally his decision because he's 
you know, loosening some of the, uh, I guess, I don't know, dead weight that he has <laughs> lying around so he can be more nimble and travel and, and you know, kind of move around. So exactly. um, it's a new chapter in his life, yeah. which is awesome. Hopefully he has his Instagram account is constantly updated where he's going. Yeah. Um, and he's, he doesn't go to like full privacy mode. I mean, he yeah. deserves it, but it'd be cool to see where he goes. Absolutely. Uh, one question I did see posted, which was sort of an interesting uh, idea was, you know, you've had some of these, you know, obviously a lot from, from the classic Imagineers that worked with Walt, but even, you know, newer, you had people like Tony Baxter and now, and now Joe Rohde, who for lack of a better term, were sort of the celebrity Imagineer. And mm-hmm. kind of that question of like, a who is going to be the next one or or next ones, and then is is Disney maybe want not want them to kind of have as much you know, personality is the right word, but the, you know, or do they want more you know multiple people that they control more versus people that have so much sort of power and influence and and uh, celebrity that maybe that's not what Disney wants anymore from their imagination. I think the whole question is a silly premise. <laughs> Because you, you don't be you, Disney doesn't make you a celebrity. You you or a celebrity imagineer or a famous imagineer. You do that because your work is amazing, right? And that's how you get known. Yeah, right. It's not like oh, we don't want everybody to be quiet and blah, blah, blah. no, they're going to be like if 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 imagineer becomes famous for something, that means Disney wins because they created right. an experience or an environment that hundreds of thousands, millions of people love type yeah. of thing, and that's a win win for everybody. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, when, when I was trying to think of who, you know, who's the next group or who would carry Joe's torch, I mean, I thought of Scott Trowbridge, who did uh, Galaxy's Edge, and then Charita Carter, who did uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, will be doing the uh, Princess Splash and the Frog Rick. overlay and stuff like that. So there's definitely some that I think maybe, you know, maybe now they can get out from under you know, Joe's shadow a little bit and, and get a little bit more well-known. Um, but we'll see. You know, obviously it's going to yeah. come, too, when they do more building in the parks. You know, I know there's a lot of people pretty big into some of the marvel stuff that's going into disneyland so so we'll see we'll be back after a quick break hey parents yeah you are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love well we made one just for you and for us as genuine all-natural kids ourselves we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast so we decided to make it ourselves every show is packed with interviews stories and on the ground reporting We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not. I'm not big on one that knows like all the Imagineers and the second string. Not second string, but the lesser known. (laughs) I mean, I I don't follow Imagineering other than like. Here's a cool project they just completed. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, or what you see on Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I see too. And then like when names come, it's like, oh yeah, I've heard that name before, but I I, I don't always have all of them at the, uh, the tip of my. It, de- it depends on how much Disney Plus shares with the. Behind that's the true. That's, yeah. that's the only way I get to know any of these people. Yeah, when we get uh, Imagineering Story Volume Two, I guess. That's yeah, we'll get exactly. to that. Hopefully, maybe some of the new. Maybe maybe that could be the focus, right? What's the future of, of Imagineering? Um, and the Hopefully last news. Sorry, and the last. Uh, okay. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, no, I was just going to say, hopefully that's soon, because that means we're turning a corner in the world and we can start thinking about building things again Absolutely. rather than cutting things. Absolutely. Um, so I was just going to say the last news story, which I think will lead into our first discussion topic, is that Brightline has inked a deal with Disney to bring to build a train station at Walt Disney World. Um, for those of you not familiar with Brightline, they do, I guess, sort of high-speed trains, and currently they're in South Florida, 
I believe they connect uh, Miami and West Palm Beach. Um, but what they've, you know, it's, this has kind of been in talks for a while and people are wondering if it'll ever happen, but it sounds like it's, uh, it's going to go forward. I didn't see anything as far as timeline or anything, but the idea now is it will come all the way up from Miami, go through um, the Orlando airport, international airport, and then go to uh, the train station at Walt Disney World, which is supposed to be near Disney Springs, and then go over to Tampa. So you're going to kind of have that whole kind of arc through, right. through Florida there. So um, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think any way you can kind of have different forms of transportation and kind of take, you know, you know, people don't have to rely on cars as much, especially coming from that, you know, more Southern Florida area. If you're, especially if you're on the East coast, I know I have friends in Tampa uh, who come over quite often. So, you know, would they now just take the train over? Um, so I think it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, it's obviously going to be quite a ways off, um, but it's another way. And obviously another way to get people from the airport to Disney, I think is a great thing. Yeah. I mean, are, are the topic that we're going to, talk about on this is basically instead of driving would you take the train down to florida and i don't even know if there's a connection somewhere that you can take like amtrak down from like the northeast all the way down and and, and do whatever so i'm let's assume that it is um the first question is let's assume you get there before we talk about would you um would this be a better thing to take from the airport than the magical express so I thought about that because somebody actually posted that uh, or posed the question of like, could this replace Magical Express? And I don't think so. I think no, uh, because this is just going to go to the Disney Springs area. You'd still have to get from there to your your hotel. So I think if you're staying on property, you're still probably better off either taking Magical Express or, or an Uber or something like that. Because um, your luggage is not going to go on the train magically from like. Right. You know, You'd have to go get it. So. Baggage claim. Yeah. One thing that I think it could be really useful for, though, is for people staying at the sort of the non-Disney, Disney Springs hotels, you know, like the mm-hmm. the B Resorts or the, the Hiltons and stuff like that, because then you could take the train over there and then they could just have the their shuttle, you know, pick you up there and bring you back to the hotel. Um, so rather well, than having here... to arrange for separate transportation that might be more expensive, this could be one way to for you to get to your hotel if it's in that area. Well, an interesting um, option. So, like, let's say you're, obviously you're you're going down there and you're not renting a car, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're renting a car, you're probably not taking sure. either. Yeah. So, you could now you might have some other options because the only way to get onto property, unless you're paying a, a Uber or anything else like that, is you have to get off your plane, wait for your bag. Your baggage gets magically taken to your resort. Then you have to go through the whole process where you go down, they scan your band, they kind of fit you into slots to get on the bus. You wait for the bus to fill up, and then you go to your resort, whether it's the first one you get dropped off or the third one you get dropped off from. And then once you get to the resort, you check in, and then you figure out what you're going to do for the rest of the day. Are you a park person as soon as you get there? Are you a relaxation, an exploration person? Whatever. We talked about this many times. Um, What it gives you the option is you could get off the train, and you could start – excuse me, you can get off your flight – I'm assuming you'll be able to have the option to get your baggage brought to your room regardless if you hop on the bus or not. Mm-hmm. And you can take the train right to Disney Springs and start your vacation there. That's true. Right? So, like, instead of going to a resort and then getting checked in or making sure everything's right or whatever, you can just go and go to a restaurant, do some shopping. Um, maybe you could go there and then hop a bus directly to like um, Epcot or Hollywood Studios type of thing. It's a little bit closer. 
potentially, depending on where you're staying. Um, it just gives you an option of how to start your vacation. Yeah. And now That's a good the thought. second and then the second point I have is are there trains that are going from the airport to Disney Springs? Is that like a, a spur or is that just part of like does it go from like airport springs and then Tampa or wherever the next stop was? Or is yeah, that that's my understanding. Uh, no, my understanding is it would go kind of through the airport to Disney to Tampa. It's like a, a straight line between so, those three. So the trains, at least according to the map, trains. right? So you're what you're going to be missing then if you you opt, you opt for the train is you don't get like on the the Mickey bus and have the Mickey cartoons right. and you don't go through the archway. Um, check out Block Mickey if you want every single inch being painted over and photographed. Um, so you miss that experience a little bit. Right. That would be the downfall to that. I don't know if you want to give that up or not. Yeah. Not that that's a major part of anybody's vacation. My pictures always come out terribly as you race through. No, but I, you know, I do know a lot of people that kind of feel like a key part of their trip is when they get on the bus and when they go through those arches yep. and stuff like that. And that kind of makes I'm, it. I'm that person. And you're right. Yeah, you're not on the Mickey bus. You're not seeing the video play and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely could see that being a downside to people. I do like your point, though, about, you know, uh, have, have send your bags anyway and then go straight to, to Disney Springs. Or, or it could also probably work the reverse, right? Maybe send your bags to the airport, then go over to Disney Springs, get a last meal or something like that before you head back to the airport. That was my that was my next point. You read my oh. mind. Like that's something that I would do because everybody hates going to the it's it's the sad bus, right? <laughs> as, you're, as you're going back to the airport, <laughs> tragical express, resort. the tragical express. Yes, um, one of many names. Um, yeah, I mean, like the only option. Let's say you have a late flight at like five o'clock. You typically would have to get on the bus at three ish or so, maybe maybe two, three yeah. hours beforehand, an hour mm-hmm. to get there, two hours before your flight. And I hate going to parks in the morning because I have a flight in the afternoon. Like I, I do not like doing like to me, that's just, this is my, my thing, right? I get, yeah. I get anxiety because I'm like, all right, we got to keep on. We don't want to miss the flight. But if the trains run on schedule, um, then you can easily predict when you can get on, need to get on the train to get to the, um, the airport. And as long as your bags are on its way, to me, I'm more comfortable hitting a train on a schedule than I am waiting for a Magical Express Absolutely. to kind of pick me up yeah. and then wait for everybody to get on, wait for it to get loaded. And you're like, oh, well, let's go, let's go. The bus never leaves on time because it's we're dealing with humans, right? So um, I, I think, let's say your flight's in mid-afternoon, you can easily go to Disney Springs, do some last-minute shopping, get some last-minute of the Disney magic, uh, Go for breakfast down there or something, or early lunch, that type of thing. Yep. And you, you're, to- you're, you're totally hit it on the head. It's good. So then, then transitioning to the topic I already brought up, um, you're a driver to go down, Phil. You've done yep. that plenty of times. Would you take the train instead? So we actually did that once when I was a kid. No kidding. Okay. Uh, so what we did was we took the auto train that Amtrak has. Oh, you uh, brought this up before. Yeah. Okay. So, so we had to drive from New York down to the Virginia area. And then mm-hmm. they loaded our car onto a train, and we took the train, you know, down into Florida, and then we had our car there. Uh, so it was really neat to do, especially as a kid. And my dad was into trains to begin with, um, and tra- you know, I kind of associate trains with Disney as well, so it kind of fit that a little bit. Um, so it was really neat to do once. It does take a while, um, 
you know, I think we found that they have, you can just get a regular chair or you can get like a sleeping compartment. And at least we found once you start getting the sleeping compartments, it's, you're not really saving any money versus flying. So it definitely would be neat to do once, especially if you have kids that, you know, might be into it and you kind of make that part of your trip. Um, but I don't think it's something I would do on a regular basis. See, I would only do it if it saves money. Right, like driving a car down there, I got to think of my cars are leased, so you got to think about the lease mileage and the gas. Though the gas is relatively inexpensive overall, and then it's your time. I personally don't mind the drive, so it's okay on, on my part. But I've got three kids cramped in the car. I don't know how that's going to go over. Um, but if we can hop on a train and go, it's got to be like half the cost of a flight, I think. And I don't think that would ever be the case. Yeah, that was the problem. I think it was if you were okay with just seats. But if you want it and it takes, you know, overnight, it's like, so mm-hmm. it wasn't really, com- we, that's what we did on the way down. And a lot of us had trouble sleeping. So we got a, uh, sure. a sleeper compartment for the way back up and that was a lot better. But like I said, once we priced it out, especially, you know, it, it really wasn't saving you any money, um, even versus flying down and renting a car. So yep. Um, yep. that's why I thought, it would, you know, if you want to go for the experience, it's pretty cool. You know, just seeing kind of the countryside go by and seeing different parts of the country. Um, but I, I don't think I would do it on a regular basis. Now, maybe somebody who you know, has a scared of flying or that sort of thing, or just, you know, prefers train yeah, you're travel. Doing that it's a anyway, option. Yeah. You're doing things anyway. Um, so I think this is more for, so it's supposed to be pretty high speed, pretty efficient and just really get people from Southern Florida yeah. to central Florida much more efficiently and just a, a different option. All right. So um, with that topic finished, Phil, Let's fill in the uh, the listeners where they can find us on social media because now we're doing that in the middle of the show, yeah. not the end of the show. Yeah, so please uh, check us out at Pod DBC on Twitter, uh, Instagram the DBC Podcast, and Facebook DBC Pod. And uh, I'll probably post another reminder to everyone, but we still have the post up there. If you have uh, suggested topics for a holiday themed draft, please uh, tweet or post on Facebook or whatever. Uh, your ideas for that we, we, have, we have some good ones already but um i think we'll take a couple more and then probably in a few weeks we'll, we'll do that draft and uh if we really like your idea maybe uh if you want you can come on and, and do the draft with us. all right so um you know i, I promised that this was going to be a shorter episode so maybe we rip off the last topic that we have and go with this other one that phil found from touringplans.com theme park turkeys of the year yeah. So, Phil, why don't you drive this one? Sure. And I'll react to you. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, you know, our friends at, at Touring Plans uh, put this together. This is their seventh annual theme park turkeys of the year. And basically what they do is they highlight uh, six of the craziest, most outrageous, or just downright weird stories of the year that sort of go along with reporting on theme parks. And I thought some of them were good. Uh, they also had some um, honorable mentions. Uh, one of them, which I thought you would, you would get a kick out of, one of them, the first one I mentioned was about sign signs everywhere about how <laughs> sure. they were just, uh, you know, they had those uh, the tent ones that were up there to, to with all the COVID stuff on it. And then when things were closed and they were changing things around, you saw a lot of like duct tape going on signs and writing over things. And just, it was sort of the year of signs. And it also made me think that if you had one of these, it would be just the absolute amount of coverage about the paint job that is happening to the, the toll booth plazas <laughs> and the entrance signs and how, like you said, every, every, uh, vlogger and blogger is like, okay, they had oh. like, two more feet was painted today. I got to have a new story about it. So, if you, if you are actively listening to this podcast on a weekly basis, you go on all the normal news, yeah. Mickey <laughs> news sites and stuff like that. 
back in July or June or whenever the parks opened, what was it? Mid July. Yeah. Um, Every single blogger, reporter of any kind of fashion was taking pictures of every single COVID sign in the world. And put, like, <laughs> you knew everything right off the bat. And I mean, that's what Disney wants, I guess. But it was it got kind of ridiculous. Like, hey, this change changed. This sign changed an angle from outside of, you know, wherever. And it's just like, OK, guys, calm down. It's a different color today. It's all right. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, so let's, let's, yep. there, there's a list of six. Yeah, so number six was up. the time we found out Cinderella Castle was a giant paint by number. Um, so if you remember when they were started the process of uh, repainting the castle, which obviously was a whole big topic for the year in general, um, there was all these photos coming out that the blocks in the lower part of the castle had numbers on them. And then it, what became clear was that people had numbered them so they knew what shade of gray they were to be painted. And so it basically was a giant paint by number. And I think one of the most shocking things to me is that they actually haven't sold this yet as a take home paint by number print or something. Um, But that was a, I think people got a a good kick out of that. That was just a fun one. I want to say that this can't be a Turkey of the year just because it was a fun story. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I guess, I guess you could call it weird, but anyway, I liked it. It was good. Uh, so the next one is another, what they're saying is a never-ending story, which could be like those signs. Um, the time that the Ospreys took over Universal Orlando. Um, I know we don't cover Universal as much as Disney, but they're um, in the process of building a new Jurassic Park-themed coaster called the Velocicoaster. And at the top of the big hill, they finally finished, finished it and that sort of thing. All of a sudden, a, an Osprey, a, an actual bird, started nesting at the top of it because they have this thing built, but it's not open yet. And so, I mean, talk about thing that's gotten, I, I mean, we love bio-reconstruct, but he, I think he's taken more pictures of this, this bird than anything else this year. Um, and, you know, it came, it went, it's building a new facet. Now it's a different bird. Like, it's, it's the exact same thing. And, and obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a fun story because it's technically a type of raptor and the coaster's a velociraptor and stuff like that. So it's just kind of neat. And obviously the whole, you know, like nature's taking over and that sort of thing. But um uh, it was it, it was definitely one of those things. That I can't believe the amount of coverage this bird has gotten. It's a Caddyshack episode, essentially. <laughs> Interchanging gopher for the osprey. Yeah, it's pretty neat. The next one I really like, number four. Number four is uh, yeah, the time one of the three caballeros died. Um, there's obviously always been, not always, but every now and then something. <coughs> excuse me. Funny happy happens with animatronics, and this year what happened was uh, when. Uh, I believe it was Jose, uh, just sort of collapsed <laughs> yeah. uh, on, of the three caballeros, the three animatronics are at, that are at the end uh, of the ride in, in Mexico and Epcot. And, uh, you know, he was just, it, it wasn't even just completely off. He was sort of down there and like twitching a little bit too. But I think it was sort of around the time that everything sort of was going downhill with theme parks related. So it was sort of like, yeah, this sort of symbolizes theme parks in 2020. I'm both surprised that, a not a um, not a lot of other animatronics went down like that, mm-hmm. and B that any animatronics went down with all the level time that they had for maintenance on things. Right, right. So I'm I'm surprised on both ends. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just remember this happening. Everybody's like, oh my god, it was just so funny, and then it got fixed. And yep. you know, this is the one ride I haven't been on at Epcot. Oh really? I've never. I've always tried, and I've seen a long line, and I'm like, eh, next time. Yeah, and I still haven't. I've we really enjoy it, and we love we love the three caballeros. We have the cartoon series was out that we enjoyed, um, that was that just came out this year. Um, and my kids really like it. It's one of the ones we all I would say just about every 
trip we go on. Um, it's I would do the same though if I go and see a line, you know, that's out the door or something. We probably would skip it. Um, generally, we've been able to go and find it with relatively short lines, and it loads pretty quick and stuff too. And it's it's just a fun, a fun one. Another fun Jason fact: This is the the only Disney pin I own is a three Caballeros pin that I got for when the um, uh, whatchamacallit uh, hotel was being refurbished at um, Coronado Springs oh. back in 2017. Nice. I don't know if I still have it because I think all the pins are super tourist trap, but nonetheless, maybe a topic for another show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, which is sort of funny and I'm sure is something that's going to keep going forever and ever is the the time they call it the time that theme park shirts were next level bonkers and how there's just all sorts of you know some of them are you know handmade or whatever you know from etsy or something like that but some of them are actual disney ones and they're just bizarre i think the the classic one and i don't, I don't know if you've seen all these jason but there's this one this guy on the back of the shirt it says mexico china germany japan morocco and underneath lightning mcqueen's racing academy Keep in mind, lightning spelt incorrectly. So it's just like, what is this shirt even about? Like, it's like it's obviously about uh, Disney with know. Lightning McQueen, but with the countries, I don't know. Um, one that they posted that I hadn't seen before is a spirit jersey that says Walt Disneyland. And I'm like, what? Like, who, did, what, did they mean to make this? Or did people just, like, not proof check it? Or like, what happened? There. It was, um, the, the shirt itself is rather weird like you have to hold your hand straight out anyway yeah. oh the spirit jerseys yeah general but yeah especially that um, one longer it just doesn't make any sense yeah and then i've also seen i mean i don't know how much we want to get into them, but i've seen a lot of in poor taste couples shirts this year that um are just i don't know why people think it's appropriate to wear some of these at disney but i guess they, they think they're having fun with it but um, where did you see that one so the, the most this, this inappropriate, post? no, not in this post. I've just seen them oh, other okay. places. Um, I oh, think the yes, one that I've I found too. Okay. most uh, inappropriate is the one that says she wanted the D and then his says, I oh, the you're just Look, like, I had really? to bleep out a curse word <laughs> from the Mandalorian and you're bringing that shirt up. We have to bleep okay. that whole thing. That's terrible and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> um, and then I think uh, even less than universal, we probably don't cover Bush gardens much, but they, uh, when they first started a reopening, they had a whole line of shirts out that said thrill-seeking is essential, which I guess playing off the whole, you know, essential workers and stuff like that, it was just seemed Too really soon. poor. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly Too what soon. it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a little bit too much. Too much. I like number two, and I like, I, like, I like how ballsy it was, and I love the story when it came Yeah. Out. So number two is that time a guest grilled their own hot dogs at Disney Springs, which if you haven't seen it, just Google that and you will see so many stories about this because it's this whole family that just set up like a portable grill and we're grilling hot dogs. At I've never at saw Disney the pictures. Springs. Oh, you hadn't seen them before? The this. No. And it, 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 the one I'm looking at in the article is just like, like, a, like a tin tray over. Yeah, I guess over a sterno or something like that. With some charcoals in the bottom yeah. or something, I would imagine. And I'm like, that's perfect. Disney, stop selling $30 hot dogs at Casey's and you won't have this. <laughs> I dig it. I'm just, I'm just kind of sad it didn't happen in the theme park somewhere in like one of the old cigarette smoking areas. 
So what's that smoke coming from over there? Ah, just cigarettes. And it must be one of those uh, scented flavored cigarettes. Yes, exactly. Um, Vaping, hot dog flavored water. And then number one is that time people took photos in the middle of the road at Walt Disney World. I don't blame them for doing this. I would do the same thing. You would? Yeah. No no one's going to Disney World. Just go in there. Take some pictures. I don't see any traffic around these pictures. Well, at least in some of them there are. Um, in the, the, one, the first picture photo, you can see a truck behind the girl and stuff like that. So Yeah, it's one yeah. truck. I, I, one I would truck. admit, I mean, I guess maybe I'm too much of a, a rule follower, but I wouldn't do this. I also don't, I'm not as like, up in arms about it as about apparently 90% of his Twitter was. Um, oh, I don't I like, care. I don't think it's going to like, break, I would actually not world, do, but <laughs> I actually would never do this with my family. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if I was like 25, yes, I would certainly do this just because it's funny, yeah. but I'm not 25 <laughs> and I have a family. So I, I would not do this, but uh, especially like parking somewhere in the road yeah. like that to me, that kind of makes me nervous, but I don't know. It's kind of fun. Young people are doing it. Why the heck not? I don't know. I don't think it hurts anybody, technically, especially if there's not a lot of traffic. Yeah. I, don't know. I do think, like, I kind of agree with you. Like, okay, if they're not hurting anyone, there's no traffic. So it's really not the end of the world. I do kind of get also the ones with, when it's like families with parents and kids. It's like, all right, is this the best lesson to teach your kids? That's a bit much. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I have to say, though, I told my sister when she was down at Magic Kingdom in July when there's nobody there, mm-hmm. lie down right in front and down main street and take yeah. pictures with the castle. I mean, like just sprawl out, take, take <laughs> all the room. Cause apparently you can, you know, um, as some people like to say, you can shoot a cannon down main street and not hit anybody right. when, when they were down there. So now I'm all for great pictures as long as I'm not doing the work. <laughs> just just telling people what to do. That's it. That's that was, it. that was the list. That was the list. Okay. So Phil, we're at 36 minutes. Um, I, I think this is a good place to end. It's Thanksgiving weekend. We've had almost two hours worth of content this weekend to make yep. our, our listeners very happy. Um, you have an excellent DVC recommends. Um, you shared this with me today. Yep. So, um, once you tell everybody, yeah. So I was trying to think about you know with with Thanksgiving just happening and the holiday season. You know, I guess now we're in full swing. Uh, if there's some way we could sort of use this platform to to raise awareness about different charities and maybe try to do something to raise money directly. So I'm going to look into that and, and watch social media for that, see if we can get something going where maybe we'll try to collect funds or something. Um, but one thing that I thought was really neat was it's called Operation Santa and it's run by the U.S. Postal Service. And basically what it is, is over the years, they've gotten so many letters that kids would send to, you know, just addressed to Santa um, and all about, you know, with what they're asking for. And usually it's a lot of you know, needy kids who don't have things. So they've, they've started to set up a more official thing where kids that are in need can provide letters to Santa Claus. And then people could go to the post office and kind of look at the letters and, you know, lack of a better, sort of adopt one of the kids, go out and get a gift, bring it back to the postal service. And then the postal service would deliver it to that, per- that child as if it was coming from Santa. Um, so this year, there with COVID and everything, you can't really go to the post office and spend time there looking through letters. So everything's going to be online. So, um, I which think, is great. Yeah. By the way. So I think kids have, you know, they could start now um, and they have through December 15th to submit their letters. Um, but even earlier than that, if you want to adopt one, you can go on and start looking through the letters and you basically select one or however many you want to do. And then I think go. it starts December 4th. Yeah. I thought Sounds I read that. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really neat. You know, it's um, obviously a different way. There's obviously a ton of charities and, and things giving out to needy families. Um, but I thought this was neat. Also, obviously, this year it's come up about some of the challenges the U.S. Postal Service has had and ways to support them as well. Um, so I thought this was sort of a good good two-in-one thing. So I think we're going to you know, kind of showing. Absolutely. I'll have links out to it anyway. If you want to just check it out on your own, but we'll try to see how we can do it maybe as a, as a community. Yeah, maybe we could check it out. I, I like the idea, especially if I could be Santa Prime. That'd be great. Just like kind of <laughs> buy the gift online, have it wrapped and, and, and shipped out. I, I'm, I have to assume that there's a way to do that, but maybe not. I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, make sure you check out both of our shows this weekend. Um, this show uh, this week um, was a little bit quiet just because of the holiday weekend, but the Mandalorian excitement. I mean, like, I was felt I was this close. To just keep the conversation going. From, <laughs> I know we keep we Friday keep saying night. we need to have that, like a, a an after show show that we that we cried. Like here's like our nerdy show, and here's the really nerdy show. If you want to, here here's the show where we don't know that we're recording. We we have a couple drinks and <laughs> we let loose and, and say what we really mean. No, but um, yeah, the Mandalorian is a really good show. I, I want to encourage everybody to listen to that if you haven't already. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything on this show just in case, but I think if you paid any attention to social media, then you know that Friday's episode was very good and <laughs> it got a lot of high, high remarks and excitement for the Star Wars community. And um, if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Uh, go see it right now and uh, then listen to our show because I basically have a theory on how the future of Star Wars is going to shake out based on like four words that were said <laughs> on the episode Friday. And Phil, by the way, so anybody that hasn't listened to the Mandalorian show, our Mandalorian show yet, Phil actually hated the episode, much like absolutely the rest of the yeah. internet, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's full of hot takes left and right. He 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 didn't hate it, but he didn't like it as much. Yeah, as I it. think I just wasn't asked. Like I saw a lot of people saying it was the best episode ever, the best thing from Star Wars since The Empire Strikes Back, and I just wouldn't go that far. Ah, uh, well, I'm gonna see now. I'm like, we we can keep keep the show going, but we're not because it's not no. a Star Wars show. Yep. <laughs> it's a Disney World show. That being said, guys, I hope you had a healthy and safe Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, the holiday season approaches. So stay safe out there. Wear your mask. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.